Hey, love. Welcome to Her Promise Circle podcast, a safe space to come as you are to receive the word you need to help you continue on your journey to healing, growth, and walking confidently into God's purpose for your life. It's full of all the things that you'll need to live boldly as the woman God created you to be. I'm your host and founder of Her Promise Circle, Mikkel. Get connected, let us support you where you are right now and where you're going. I don't even want to be in control. But out of habit, I try to take control and it causes me anxiety and fear and insecurity and I'm done with it. Because in giving everything to God is where I find peace and comfort and joy and that's how I want to live the rest of my life. And this episode is not going to be an easy one, especially if you're like your girl who is becoming more and more self-aware, becoming more and more accountable, is growing and learning and healing and unpacking her trauma and the things that she's adopted and habits and ways of thinking she's adopted because of said trauma. And so if you're anything like me and you're ready to dive deep into something you may not have noticed about yourself, let's get into it. So you've already seen the title, right? So let's see if this applies to you, okay? Do you love it when things don't go your way? Do you love it when things are out of place? Do you love it when people change your plans? Do you love it when it feels like what you wanted to happen doesn't happen? No, huh? Yeah, same, sis. Um, We call this type A personality. You know, we just like when things go our way. We just like things to be in a certain order. We'd rather have the control so that things go the way we want them to go. Okay, here's a token phrase. If I don't do it, how's it going to get done? Woo! Child. Okay. And then we'd be the first ones complaining about how, well, I had all this and this and this to do and no one helped me. But let's be real. If they asked to help you, would you have let them? We're the first ones to say, well, I've done this for you and I've done that for you. Did you really do it for them with a selfless heart if you're recounting the things you've done for them? These are some traits of people who have control issues. And control is deeply rooted in fear of emotional pain, especially negative. Fear of the loss of control. Fear of man, which means you you fear what people think about you. Fear of disappointment. Fear of failing. Or fear of vulnerability. Now, if any of those hit you hard, you're in the right places. You're in a safe space, too, okay? Because I actually suffer from most of these. So let's get into it, okay? So due to our past experiences, you know, it could be abuse of some form or a toxic relationship or someone disappointed you in a big way and you felt some extreme emotional pain from it. And from now on, you need to have control of everything. Otherwise, you're afraid that you may be put in a situation to feel that way again. First of all, let's check it with the word. The word says the Lord doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Y'all know that one, right? That's in Timothy. What happens is these habits, these ways of thinking, these thought patterns, anxiety, depression that comes from sitting in the things that we can't control, affects your relationships. And because it affects your relationships, 
it affects your relationship with God. How? If I have to be in control of everything, if I am afraid of looking weak, if I am afraid of feeling pain emotionally, if I am afraid of losing control, if I am afraid or feel vulnerable when someone disappoints me or I'm at the mercy of a person who I have feelings for, I care about, if I have a fear of failing, if I have a fear of things not going my way because I'm used to or more comfortable knowing when something's going to go the way I had planned for it to go. I can't fully surrender to God. And we know that humility is the key. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Humility is the key to get closer to God. So I can't fully surrender to God if all this fear is in the way. I can't fully trust God with the parts of my life that I feel like I need to be in full control of. I can't trust God cares about what concerns me. I can't trust God to have good intentions for me. I distance myself from God by taking control of the situation myself. I'm not seeking God first. I'm going to my friends for advice or venting to everyone else around me. I'm not going to God. I can't trust people, let alone God. But since you won't say this out loud, so you can't even confront it. You can't even come head on with this because what happens in trauma is it produces triggers. So if something triggers your fear of disappointment, it comes out as anxiety. If something triggers your fear of vulnerability or looking weak, it triggers anxiety. And our anxiety is what makes us act by taking control. Anxiety is what makes us act out of fear. Anxiety may turn into anger. And as you go through therapy and as you work and unpack things, you'll figure out as to why you're so afraid of these things. Journal it tonight, okay? Because I've been journaling it all week. Here's some questions for you to journal this week, actually. Let me just give you some because I'm your girl and I love you and I want you to do better, right? And I want to do better myself. So why am I afraid of being vulnerable? Why am I so afraid of being at the mercy of another person? Why am I so afraid of looking weak or being exposed? You can never fall in love truly if you're afraid of being vulnerable. Because how are people going to get to know you? How are people going to see the real authentic you? How are you ever going to be yourself fully? Next question. Why don't I believe God has a good plan for me? Why don't you believe that God wishes you well and thinks well of you? Why don't you believe that God has something great in your future? Why aren't you optimistic about God and the plan for your life? Next, why am I so afraid of my emotions? Why are you so afraid to feel your emotions, sis? Why are strong emotions so scary for you? Think back, and this may get deep for you, but what was the first big letdown in your life? What was the first time you felt great emotional pain, shame, guilt, fear, anxiety? When was the first time? The first few big times, those are usually the things that need to be unpacked, at least in my experience. Next, why am I afraid of failing? 
Why am I afraid of what people think of me? Why am I so afraid that I won't do well? Where does that come from? So in my research this week, girl, and unpacking all this, I learned that losing control causes us anxiety. And if you're a perfectionist or if you have control issues, it gives you anxiety when things don't go according to your plan. When things don't go the way you plan for them to go, it causes anxiety. And it in turn makes you feel unsafe or fearful or vulnerable or feels like you're appearing weak. It causes anxiety. So we cling to what makes us feel safe in that moment. Now, for us as Christians, we know that if we're clinging to something that's not God, that could very well be an idol in our lives. What do you go to for comfort? What do you go to when you get upset? What is the thing that you feel relieves you or fills you up? Is it your relationship? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it shopping? Spending money you don't have? Is it gluttony? Is it food? Is it sweets? Is it ice cream? What's the thing you run to when you're feeling anxious? When we are triggered, when our control issue is triggered, it turns into anxiety. And in our anxiety, we cling to what makes us feel safe. So if that means you want to cuss this person out because that makes you feel like you have control over it, that's what you're going to do. If that means you have to correct your child and scold them because what they did is wrong and it made you feel a certain type of way, that's what you do. If that means your man didn't call you on time and he upsets you, I'm coming at him, right? And what's crazy is most of the time, something realistic happened. Yeah, sure, maybe your family's always late. Maybe someone got in a car accident. You really never know, but we invent whole stories in our heads just to be let down, just to hurt ourselves, we invent stories. Think about it. You get let down, but never do you consider the person having something to do on their own or that something happened to them. We immediately think to us like, oh, they're just trying to hurt us, right? They just didn't want us to be happy. Like, you just don't like to see me happy, right? We know what we desire. So in our own effort, we try to fix it. We try to correct that person, our spouse, our children, our parents, our friends. We try to control what we can in the situation to try to regain control. It becomes a pattern, and then you become controlling. You're bossy, you're rude, you're type A. How much can you hear correction? Humble yourself, sis. Because a lot of the time, God will send correction through whoever can reach you. Or he may send it through someone who's hard for you to hear it from. Either way, pride keeps us from hearing correction. Because we would know if something was wrong with us, right? We know best. We control our lives. We have it all on lock. We don't want you to think we weak or that we need help. Can't even ask for help because I'm so prideful. I got everything under control, right? And if I don't, then I'm going to just get it out the mud until I get back right. We can't receive help. That's pride. That's control. It becomes a pattern. We become controlling in every little aspect of our lives. We want to control every little thing. And and most of us are high achievers, you know, because in school it was OCD. If you, if you, it's not a bad thing. God gave us personality traits for a reason. But when fear gets involved, when anxiety gets involved, you're organized, but now you're controlling. 
How can we expect to have a fulfilling relationship with God if we don't fully trust him, if we don't fully believe him, if we don't think that he loves us or cares about our situations that we are worried about? Can you trust God in your relationship? Can you trust God with raising your kids? Can you trust God in your marriage? Can you trust God while you're at work? Can you trust God with your relationship with your family? So I came up with three things that I want to start implementing myself to help me to trust my God more, to see him in a better light, to seek him first. So number one, I need y'all to start releasing the outcome. First of all, recognize who God is. God is sovereign. Trust that God is the great I am. He is who he says he is. Job 42 and 2 says, I know you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Not by you, sis, not by me, not by your mom, not by your dad, not by your husband, not by sin, not by anxiety or fear or the enemy. No plan or purpose of God can be thwarted. Understand, Proverbs 16 and 9. A man's heart plans his own ways, but the Lord determines his steps. Now, God's will going to be done regardless. Okay, we absolutely have free will. But if you are God's child, you want his will. We delight in his will. We delight in his way. We want what he wants for our lives. We strive for it. So the first thing I need you to do is release the outcome. Because God's already got it. God formed you in the womb in the beginning and formed the plan and purposes for your life. Trust that he's got it. Okay. All right, Mick. You want me to release my outcomes? Okay, but how can I do that? Can I trust God with his plans for my life? Can I trust that it's what I want? How do I do that? All right, release your outcomes. Why? Number two, God is good, okay? Inherently, God is good, and you can trust him with your entire life, with every aspect of your life, and believe that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Believe that God is good. So not only am I releasing my outcome, but I'm releasing my outcome to a good God who loves me. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you a future and a hope. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Now you know God lives within you, sis. You know he has good plans for you. But not only that, in Ephesians 3, it says that he, when he carries out his purpose, he will do super abundantly more than you can dare ask or think. Understand that that means what you have in mind as a, as a plan for your life, the good plan you have for your life, that idealistic plan you have for your life, he has better. And he knows you intimately. He knows the desires of your heart. That's why within him, you get the desires of your heart because he's placed them there. And in him, they lie in abundant fashion. In him, they lie better than you can come up with. 
eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. In Matthew 7 and 11, it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts for your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is good. You can trust him. You can trust him with your outcomes. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your plans. You're trying to control everything because what? You don't think he can handle it? You don't think he cares what you want? You don't think he cares about the goodness in your life or you having peace or joy or fulfillment? He does. And he knows you better than you know yourself. He can plan better than you can yourself. He's God. And thirdly, I want to seek God first. I want to seek what he has first before I go off on somebody, before I start stressing out, before I act in fear. Slow down. I want to self-manage my thoughts. He tells me to cast down every vain imagination. So anything that, that comes against what I know to be true about God and what it is to live as him as the Lord of my life, I need to come against that and tear that down. Stop being lazy with your thoughts. I've said this in my past podcast episodes. You can control what you think about. And what I'm choosing to think about is to seek God first and what he says first. When I'm feeling triggered, girl, when I'm feeling like this stuff is arising and I'm feeling fear, I know that God doesn't give me a spirit of fear. So as soon as I'm starting to feel angry or upset or sad, I'm going to hold that. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. I'm going to seek him first. I'm not going to go complaining to my girls who are going to give me bad advice. No offense to any of them. <laughs> but. Sometimes we go to friends who don't even believe in God and vent to them instead of seeking God first. Because let me tell you something. Over this past week, things have happened to me that triggered this so hardcore. But one time, sis, I remembered to literally slow down and go, God, what's up? Because this is how I talk to God, sis, okay? This is my father. I was like, God, what's up? I'm upset. I don't like how that happened. I don't like how that went. It didn't go how I wanted it to plan. And just through the conversation I had with him, I started to calm down. I started to vent to him like I would vent to a friend. And the verses started coming to me. He speaks to you when you come to him first, when you value his word first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. In him lies peace. In him lies joy. Perfect love casts out all fear. And if you're sitting with God, who is love, there's no space for the fear that you're feeling. But the first step is to become aware and accountable for your actions, accountable for how things are going in your life, accountable for your habits. Yes, it's unfortunate trauma happened to you, but we can undo these things. And God, as He continues to reveal you, to you, you can make the changes. You must partner with God in your healing, sis. So we're doing it together, right? Okay. Let me pray for you. Lord, I ask you to remind these women of God and myself this week that you love us, that you have good plans for us, that you care for us, that you have good plans and intentions for our lives, and that we can trust you with every part of our lives, with our relationships with our children, with our family, with our friends, with our businesses, our finances. We know that you super abundantly can supply in every area of our lives 
and have something planned that we could not even formulate. God, we give you our anger, our hurt, our pain, our fear. We give it to you, and in exchange, you refresh us. We confess the sin of trying to control our lives above you in your plan. And in turn, your word says we get refreshment. And we sit in that. We rest in your love and refreshment and in your power to do so. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You got this, sis. I hope you have a good week.